Hey, special educators, I'm Jennifer from Positively Learning. Welcome to the Special Educators Resource Room. If you're like me, you're always looking for ways to save time and streamline your work. That's why this podcast was created to give you the systems and solutions you need to get your time back. Tune in for tips, tricks, and tools that will help you manage your workload and make the most of your time. Whether you're brand new or experienced, all are welcome in the Special Educators Resource Room. Hey, Special Educators, it's Jennifer from Positively Learning. Let's go to the resource room. I love this episode. I'm going to talk about how I introduced the resource room at the beginning of the school year. If you listen to episode 33, I walked through the first week of school where I tried my best to push into the inclusion classroom setting as much as possible, pretty much the entire week. Trust me, I love the resource room setting. I'm itching to pull small groups. However, I felt it was more important for my students to get acclimated to the gen ed classroom, their peers, the teacher, surroundings, all that good stuff. So be sure to give episode 33 a listen to see how that went. But now it's time to go to the resource room. All right, before this even takes place, I want you to close your eyes and dream up the most perfect scenario of going to the gen ed classroom, picking up students, entering the hallway, and walking to the resource room. What do you want that to look like if it went perfectly? And then we're going to going to break it down. We're going to break it down backwards plan exactly how that's going to work because we want to think about that now with the very first visit. That's a lot easier to do it right from the beginning than to correct. Now students are going to be excited, so it might not go as planned, but at least you have like this North star to think about. And as you're providing feedback to students and narrating what they're doing and what you're observing, you know, the end goal. Okay. So you want to think about clearing this with the gen ed teacher because they're still setting routines and like it or not it could be very disruptive for us to come to the door take only a few students we want to think about a signal a nonverbal signal a cue to have them come meet you with the least amount of disruption here are some suggestions for preparing our students for transitioning over to the resource room as you listen to these suggestions think about your own students and pick and choose which ones make the most sense for you. In episode 33, I talked about how I pushed into the inclusion classroom as much as possible the first week of school. And around the third or fourth day, I start taking very informal baseline data. At that time, I'm meeting with students individually very quickly, just a few minutes. And it's a time for me to collect some very informal data, but it's also a time to build relationships. At this time, I can start preparing them for what's coming up. I can talk about how next week I am going to be coming to the door and asking you and your peers or a friend to come line up and go to the resource room. And you can walk through what it would look like. This could be a social story. This could be using visual cards. It would be great if you had examples of what it would look like and what it would not look like. Students always love non-examples, in my opinion. They get a kick out of it. So you could talk about how I'm going to give you a signal and maybe 
even have your students choose the signal. Like I stand in the door, I tap my clipboard or I tap my chin. You are going to be standing up very quietly, walking to the door. And you can talk about these non-examples. Like what would happen is if you would stand up and run to the door and push over seven people, you know, will you be able to come to the resource room? No, you know, you will be asked to sit down and we'll try it again next time. You know, you can talk through these types of things, whatever's appropriate language, whether you're using visual supports, a social story, whatever helps your students. That's what I would do. I don't think it would be fair to say, surprise, you're leaving the comfort of your classroom and coming with me and walking to a brand new space. I just don't think that would set them up. Yes, some students would be super excited, but as far as disruption, I don't think that would work too well. All right, so all of this just to get ourselves to go to the resource room. Let's fast forward. We're in the hallway. We're walking to the resource room. What happens next? All right, think about how you want your students to enter the classroom. I try to make things as simple as possible to set them up for success. So if you have any type of thing that they need to do with the door or anything special, you want to think that through. For me, my students would enter the classroom and I would like to give them about three to five minutes to walk around the classroom and explore. This is a student-centered activity, not teacher-directed. My job is to observe, narrow, narrate things that they're seeing, um, answer questions, ask questions. I may be doing those types of things, but my students are generally pretty excited to see things. So some of the things that they're going to see is tables, chairs, maybe flexible seating. They may be looking at things on the walls. I have a lot of functional visuals, but I also have a lot of places in the classroom that are set up and ready to receive student work. So if you use a student-generated alphabet line or number line, or maybe you have big uh, displays that say amazing work coming soon, that type of thing. My students may notice those types of things. I may point them out, but pretty much it's a informal tour of the classroom. Then as students may have walked around and seen everything, I do direct them to find a place to sit. So that in itself is something I also want to think through. How do I want students to enter the classroom move safely, find a place to sit, because that's something we're going to be doing over and over again all school year round. So I might be providing some narration. Oh, that looks like a great spot. Oh, thank you for sitting safely, whatever's appropriate for this age group. At this point, students have been in the resource room for about five minutes. We're going to do an activity that's no more than 10 minutes, and then we're going to be talking about how we line up to dismiss and return to the gen ed classroom. I feel that if I had started with a teacher-directed activity right from the start when my students entered the resource room, it wouldn't have gone quite as well. Maybe they would be excited and trying to give me their attention. However, curiosity would get the best of them and they'd be looking all around the classroom and checking out all of the brand new things. Instead, I want to play to my students' interests and strengths, let them take a look around at everything, and now we're ready for the next activity. My main goal is not the actual activity, but the setting of routines. They now know how to enter the classroom, have a seat, and now I'm thinking about the materials that we're going to be using all year round. And I want to make it as basic as possible. Less is more because I want my students to be successful. So I'm not bringing out glitter. I'm not bringing out Play-Doh 
all of those types of things. Most likely for the age group I'm working with, it's going to be crayons, pencils, or markers. So students are going to be able to do an activity using these resources. We're setting a routine of how we use them appropriately, how we complete our work, how we put away the materials. So you want to think about what that's going to look like. Are you using individual supplies, community supplies? What's appropriate for your students? This activity could look like a self-portrait, something students can do without a lot of teacher directions. I mentioned student-generated alphabet or number line earlier. I have a blog post on how this went in the classroom. I tried it several years with varying levels of success, but we got it. So I will put the blog post in the show notes. You definitely want to check that out, but that could be the activity the students are working on as well. I love these choices of activities because it's something that I can display after the students leave so that next time they come to the resource room, they can walk in and see their artwork, see the alphabet line, the number line, or the self-portraits. And that's already one step closer to feeling like we belong here. We have a community. Moving forward, this activity is coming to a close and I am providing cues that the activity is going to be ending. And here's what's going to happen next. So you want to think about exactly what you want to see students do when they put their materials away. I always try to have my students leave their work in the resource room. Just find it's much more successful than coming back into the classroom and waving papers and so on. So I have students leave their work. So you want to think about what that's going to look like. I prepare my students before it happens and then I let them do it. So my job is not to be giving so many directions, but instead to be observing and narrating the things that I'm seeing. So students now have completed the activity. The student work is left. They're lining up. We're going to enter the hallway. We're going to return to the classroom. I've already set them up for success. I've tried to make this the least complicated possible. I'm not starting a hallway behavior game. I'm not doing any kind of exit ticket and flashcards and stickers. I just don't see that you're going to need a lot of that the first visit because students are already going to be so excited about all the new things that they're already seeing. Trust me, I will be bringing those things out. Maybe it's right before winter break or spring break or when there's no break on the horizon. That's when I'm going to be pulling out those things. But for now, brand new crayons, brand new classroom, drawing on paper, that's plenty. I'll save the other things for when crayons are not cutting it. I hope this podcast gave you some ideas and things to think through before pulling your first group. Is definitely a less is more approach. And I felt kind of like a party pooper through this entire podcast, but I know that this really worked for my students because I could see the second visit, the third visit, and so on. And because we kept those routines and activities so simple, my students were able to quickly be successful and become more independent. And that's the goal. Let's wrap it up here. Be sure to follow the show notes link to check out the student-generated artwork. I think that would be a great activity for the very first visit. And be sure to hit subscribe because we're going to be talking about paperwork organization for special educators in the very next episode. You don't want to miss it. Have a wonderful week and thanks for listening. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'm dying to ask, what'd you think? Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. You can find the show notes and links for everything mentioned in this episode at positivelylearningblog.com. See you next week for more special education solutions.